How can we make the world better? By making ourselves better. The Dr. Joe Show explores how you can make positive personal change by using his groundbreaking and highly effective I Am approach to understand who we are and why we do what we do. Your small changes can have big effects. Join us now for the Dr. Joe Show with Mark Stiles of Stiles Law and your host, Dr. Joe Schrand. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dr. Joe Show. <laughs> nice, nice cutoff. That was really like sharp. Doing it. Just doing sharp. it. Doing it. You know, again, we have a special guest in studio, and I I want to impress because you know Zoom has meant so much to us, and the ability to get our word conveyed out to our community, you know, I wanted to show them that we, you know, we come in hot. We come in hot on the Dr. Joe show. It's my privilege now to introduce Chris Hartwell from Zoom, and he is from the Enterprise Solution Engineering Department. Is that right? Did I get it right? Yeah. And I, I just want to say that if it were not for Chris, much of what we would be doing here tonight would not be possible. So from all of us here at the Dr. Joe Show, I want to thank you personally, because really the, um, the technology and platform that you guys have developed and created and we are accessing has been great. And not only that, but I know that Mark consulted you early on during the coronavirus when we were realizing we couldn't go into the studio to figure out how do we do this? Is that is that not true, Mark? That is 100% fact, Dr. Joe. We've been we've been using Zoom as a platform for communication in my office for a few years. And Chris, you know, you'll agree that a lot of the folks that were using Zoom prior to this were somewhat on like the software tech side. It was still kind of an early adoption, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but when this started to happen, Dr. Joe and I begged you and said, Dr. Joe, you need to speak to the people. There's a rampant amount of anxiety that's going on right now. We need to get your message about the IM. We need to get your message on how to how to manage anxiety. We need to talk to people who are, you know, very nervous right now. And we wanted to do it live, but together. And, you know, I had always, Chris had always said, Hey, if you have ever have any questions, if you ever have any questions. And at the time when it was with my office, we were just doing conversations and meetings. We weren't doing webinar platforms going live on Facebook. And he was instrumental. I'll never forget the one weekend, you know, we tried, we, you and I kept trying and, and failing and trying and laughing. And we yep. have some of that stuff still on our, our page, but, um, yeah, he was great. And, and I was, I was able to actually show a bunch of people how to do this too and, and get some really cool content out there in a time where people really needed good information uh, virtually. And then, you know, look what happened. I mean, this is how everybody's connecting right now. Everybody is connecting. And I, I owe a lot of a huge debt of gratitude to Chris for getting us the ability to, to be out in front of it, right. To adapt and, and get our message to people as quickly and as effectively as possible. So yes, Chris, thank you very much. Adaptation. Thanks, thanks for the hat. Adaptation is innovation. So, Chris, tell us about Zoom. How long have you been with them? And, and yeah, 
Yeah, so I, I started, I came on board um, about beginning of 2019, so a little over a year ago, about 14 months ago, um, through a recruitment effort. So I was I was working for another SaaS provider, software as a service cloud provider in the space, and um, was recognized for some, some things that I'd done over there with the folks at Zoom. So they recruited me to come over and help build this enterprise delivery this enterprise sales motion here in the, in the New England area of the Northeast. Um, so I've been here again about 14 months, really focused on large global Fortune 100s, Fortune 500 companies um, in this area from Manhattan to Maine. And it's just the trajectory and the hyper growth behind what we've done over the last 30 to, or I'll say 90 days. Um, is is enormous it's 80 hours a week it's 90 hours a week um calls start like like you guys probably call start at 8 a.m and now we're still here at 8 8, 8 p.m so um but you know part of part of the role in, in the capacity of what i deliver and help is really around that transformation piece um so we try to change the narrative on what customers are doing today with their communication their unification of that stack and say you know there's opportunity now and it was forced upon us but there was always this business continuous this, excuse me this business continuity this disaster recovery model out there that was always built for a remote workforce and now it was forced upon you and now you have to drink really fast um so but it, it's just been an amazing ride and um you know so part of that again is just helping build a strategy to enable folks from the enterprise space which is our focus um and now we have this consumer model out there which is you know for 300 million users or participants a day wow. um so we've got some wow. serious volume um that we have to maintain 300 million participants that's right and and a, a high percentage of those are are free right non non-subscription paying members did you ever in a million years envision a consumer platform growth like that i mean you guys were so enterprise dr joe is is large right so the idea of an enterprise space in any software type of conversation is it's it's a really large organizations with massive amounts of chairs right seats yeah. and licenses and and yeah, so we, on and so forth yeah we, we, we and then they're just giving away this massive amount yeah, our baseline for enterprise is 10,000 okay. employees and greater. And that scales up to Fortune 1, so um, which is right. 40,000 employees. Uh, so the scale and the capacity and then the speed to innovate, to deliver on what these customers want is one piece of the apple. The other half of it is now this whole consumer model that you've got requests, you've got a different demographic coming into play. Um, you've got a different set of requirements around security. You've got a yeah. different set of just, you know, wants and needs and, and use cases that, frankly, I don't think, you know, when Eric came over was part of his five, 10 year strategy and vision. It just, I don't think it was. He's, he's spoken about that openly um, in his in his meetings, but um, it's, it, it's just been an incredible, incredible growth ride. It has been truly explosive and exponential. So you, you mentioned the security part because mm -hmm. I, I noticed that, that Zoom is, is doing some upgrades or new stuff. What, what's going on with the security and, and how is that connected with the increased volume that's 
yeah. through Corona. So, so a lot of it, a lot of it was exposed with the Zoom bombing or the meeting disruption um, when it went into the consumer model, and then even when it went into the education um, segment or that vertical um, for higher education, and you had students that were out, out there advertising their meeting IDs. So their classrooms would be disrupted so they didn't have to attend those classrooms. Um, so there was malicious intent there. Um, and then you just had natural abuse that was happening as well. Um, so meeting those requirements to patch that also had, we had an opportunity to increase our levels of encryption. Because then we had large enterprises that had concerns over, so I'm talking to you, Dr. Joe, is this talk path encrypted? If we're recording right now, when that gets recorded and stored, is that encrypted? What is that level of encryption? Is there opportunity for a hacker or an insider to come in and decrypt that message and take that content and deliver it somewhere else? So that was our big announcement that we announced on May 30th was AES-256 GCM, which is one of the highest levels of encryption um, from, a, from a perspective of that container, that transit, there's no penetration. This is this is encryption levels that are, are used in the DOD, encryption levels that are used in, in the government sector. Um, so that was our big step to really secure this content in transit and at rest. And then with that came, you know, creating these from a frictionless experience where you click the button, you join. Now you click the button, you go into a waiting room or you have to enter a password or you have to be approved by the admin or you have to register. So we've tried to create these safety barriers um, for entry. And you know that that's part of that whole security story. But really it came down to you know bringing on staff or bringing on consultants in the cryptology space that provided guidance even through acquisition of a company called Keybase, brought them in to tighten the belt and put the suspenders on this thing to say, we can't we can't be exposed and and then the acceleration so there was a 90-day plan that was put in place in march we're in day 64 right now and by the end of this by the end of june that 90-day plan will be fully executed um and that encompasses the encryption and encompasses all the settings within the client it encompasses the disruption it, it's a, it's a wide lens of of the 90-day plan um, around attestation, around you know what are we doing legally with these other entities, and how do we how what's our transparency reports look like? So a lot of that stuff is is in that 90-day plan. So it's really interesting. Wow. Can we back up just a little bit because I've heard this word encryption, but I I'm not a, a computer guy really. Um, what does that what does that really mean encryption? So it, it it's it's like if I if I send you uh, five apples over a fence and you collect each apple one at a time, it's pretty easy to see that trail. But if I send you five apples and you collect the third apple and then the fourth apple falls over here three seconds later and then the first apple comes back in and then the fifth apple and they're out of order in there, this is probably the easiest analogy, but there there's an encryption method that happened there to where if I'm if I'm intercepting these while they're coming over the fence, I'm not grabbing them in any particular order. I don't know how they were sent, what was the original intent, and what's the original uh -huh. distribution, and how am I supposed to consume this? So what it is is there's there's a key that's generated from me throwing the apples over. You have the other key. 
you catch them in that in that series. So that's that's how we encrypt. Right. So if there's somebody in the middle, he doesn't have a key. He doesn't know what the order of those packets were. He doesn't know how to reassemble them. He doesn't know the content. So yeah. that's probably the easiest way. And, and the, the implication there is that the message that is being transmitted from one place to another, for some instances, needs to be secure. Uh, and so that somebody, you know, I, I mean, I, I, the analogy I use is, you know, in, in, in my practice in psychiatry, somebody wants to know that they can share something with me as a secret and nobody else will know it. So is that a, a reasonable sort of analogy? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, so we're protecting PHI, we're protecting PII information. Um, in, in the FedRAMP space, we're protecting any kind of government sensitive, sensitive information. Um, in the financial space, we're protecting that content as well. So for the day traders, for the stockbrokers, for the, for the NASDAQs of the world, their communication is highly sensitive. Um, in the healthcare space, with HIPAA compliancy, your content and your data is highly sensitive. So we want to ensure that what we do, what we provide as a platform is able to be compliant for one, but also be able to deliver the message um, to the far end in, as a doctor, patient, or client. So when we were off air before we started the show, you were talking about the word happiness uh, as it related to Zoom. So. Can you talk about that, and, and does that also connect with why people just feel calmer when things are encrypted? I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, so I guess you get. I guess you could be considered happier if you know your contents being encrypted and not stored. At least uh, anxious. Yeah, but but the happiness is a spectrum that really comes from so at the consumer level, and so you 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 saw it when SNL broadcast two months ago um you know they were creating this 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 content of happiness um to try to engage to get that engagement level so then we brought it into well it's always been in the enterprise and really it's around making decisions quicker having faster results working towards business outcome and delivering on that quicker by dynamic team engagement just like this i hit a button three people are joining wow that's pretty impressive. I'm kind of happy that I've got Dr. Joe and I've got Mark here that can answer these questions quickly. And now we can move on to the next. Forget Tom. Don't forget Tom. And then I've got Tom who can <laughs> produce it without without any without without a blink of an eye. Right. So and and that te- that dynamic engagement happens so quickly that hmm, some you know subconsciously I'm pretty happy about that. Um, so you know we're we're trying to measure that and use that not only in um, what we do with the meetings but satisfactory scores, CSAT scores, net promoter scores. These are all important um, KPIs within our within our mission here to deliver this message around or deliver this content in this platform. Um, so NPS is super important. That's net promoter score. Um, CSAT is very important. And then, uh, you know, the satisfactory that you get at the end of the meetings. So it's all, we're measuring it, you know, so it just continues to go. It's, I mean, it's just remarkable. There, there were a lot of acronyms in there, Chris. So, <laughs> like the military, NPSC, SAT, what, what yeah, are so, these? So, so net, net promoter score basically is a score that um, we measure, and, and it's the likelihood of you as a participant or as a user of Zoom to promote Zoom, like Mark has done. So, if we were to measure Styles Law 
you'd have 100% net promoter score, right? Uh, <laughs> Zoom, so, there it is. I yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, providing swag to help encourage that net promoter score to be higher. Um, but we also have large enterprises. And so we want to ensure that these Fortune 10s or these Fortune 80s are promoting Zoom as well in their dialogue and their conversations with their customers. So that's an NPS score. And you've got CSAT, which is just a customer satisfaction score. Huh. Um, so those are post surveys like this webinar, like you could send out a post um, post webinar survey. How did you think the content was? How did you think the experience was? How was the layout? Things like that to try to understand, you know, where the, if there's gaps, customers aren't happy because I didn't have that button down in the corner right. that I normally have. So, you, and then you've got just regular, you know, SAT scores that come in, um, but it's all, it's all around, you know, creating a, that happiness piece of it. And that ties into, if it's not secure and you can't, and, it, and there's a lot of friction, you can't join, you do join and somebody hacks in and is abusive and disruptive. I'm not happy about that. My net promoter score is going to go down. My CSAT is going to go down. So, they so, so being very responsive to your audience, in other words, like really asking them, listening to what they want and then responding to it. Yeah. And in responding to it uh, quickly and in, 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 a, in a very agile method too. Um, so, you well, know, our, our innovation guy, Mark. It, Mark. Well, I, I would um, echo that because I remember hearing on the radio. So, so we had been into this for a little while, Dr. Joe. We were, you know, uh, presenting to the people live on Facebook, and I had been using it for a while. And I heard on the radio about, you know, uh, the security breach of Zoom, and I'm like, what? And it was this zoom bombing right but then the then somebody explained what it was and i sat back and i'm like that's user error but yet they're gonna they're gonna get out in front of it anyhow even though this is completely user error you know putting it on the public domain and this and that and that's where i was saying you know some of the early adopters it was kind of a software thing and then all of a sudden the consumers just flooded you and the schools flooded you and i i'm just amazed that it didn't actually cripple the company that you guys were able to stand and grab the foundation and hold on and then patch what was there to be patched because that influx of of um uh you know not software folks coming in and how do you start this and i mean some of those early zoom meetings that you see on youtube and even one some of the ones that i've experienced it's it, they're, they're laughable i mean we're doing town meeting type of uh uh, meetings on Zoom, and and you get people who just they're not familiar with computers, much less Zoom, and all of a sudden they're being asked to, and I mean it, it's a comedy of errors, really. And the fact that your company was able to just kind of spread out, create that foundation, hold the hold it together, and and present what in my mind it will go down in history as one of the most important factors of getting us through this pandemic really yeah. the ability to keep people connected it was zoom you know yeah from birthday parties to weddings to everything any any kind of you know social whatever. what's the, some of the creative stuff you've heard about you know i'm hearing about karaoke parties i'm hearing about trivia parties i just heard on the radio that one of the mediums the local mediums is selling tickets and then she's going to do the the uh uh reached out to the to the to the other universe for those that have uh, deceased and want to come talk to you. I've heard 
I've seen wonderful graduations. I've seen uh, the Berkeley School of Music do an unbelievable thing. I've seen uh, theater. I've seen I've seen it all. I, we're about to see a presentation of a live show uh, for Dr. Joe, Dr. Joe's creation of Drug Story Theater. Right. We're going to create a webinar platform that allows people to come in, join, chat, discuss, and and participate in watching the production of drug story theater and and one of the things we want to try to do is actually ask them questions throughout the production so if i could ask you this question if we're doing it in the webinar format and we're then playing the movie through the um through the platform and we have our panelists and we have our participants and we ask those participants real time questions are those locked in are those data stamped can we get a reliable uh answer out of that that can't go back and be erased or anything like that yeah this, yeah that's what we, i think tom and i kind of talked about that briefly um depending on you know the, the delivery network that the questions are being broadcast to or advertised onto um if they're if we're streaming from zoom into facebook or we're streaming into another and the questions are being generated out in that space the interaction starts breaking down so yeah. no i'm talking about your platform if we issued tickets to your platform and they yep. entered into the webinar platform of zoom although being streamed live yep. they're entering in as a registered right. participant on zoom and they answer a multiple choice question or a yes or no or true false or what have you yes yeah so all that all that analytics so we've got registration we've got polling q a the analytics are all stored archived and retained for as long as you want to hold that data um, and then take that data off the Zoom network and put it in your own storage area network for long-term you know, well, storage, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it looks like we're going to be doing this next week. So for all of our listeners live on Facebook and on WATD, um, there will be a performance of Second Chances, which is our middle school show. We would love people to sit down with your families around eight o'clock on next Thursday night and just watch it with your kids. Remember, Drug Story Theater, what we do is we take teenagers in the early stages of recovery, we teach them improvisational theater, and then we use psychodrama, and they create their own scripted shows about the seduction of, addiction to, and recovery from drugs and alcohol. And they have been performing these shows for middle schools and high schools, so the treatment of one becomes a prevention of many. In between each scene, the kids in the show step out of character and they do PowerPoint presentations, teaching the audience about the neuroscience of adolescent brain development and why that brain is at such risk for addiction. All the kids in the audience take a pre-show neuroscience quiz, and then they take the same quiz after the show. And we are measuring how kids who learn about their brain change their perception about drugs and alcohol, not trying to scare anyone, but just teaching them about their brain and why would you want to give your brain away, your cool brain, to drugs and alcohol. After the show, there's a talk back. Um, and what we've done with the video is curated the questions we get the most often, and we have a tape of the talk back as well. But what's going to be happening is that you log in to 
the show, but before you see the show, you will be answering these questions of the neuroscience questions. You can guess because we don't expect you to know. But after the show, you answer the same questions. And that way we'll be able to measure in real time how people learn about their brains. Um, and we have done this for over 40,000 kids in Massachusetts, had a show in Vermont, Connecticut. The data is compelling. So Chris, what we're trying to find out is, you know, will we be able to then use this platform to extract the data? Because right now everything was being done on paper. Right. Kid comes into the auditorium, they get a, a questionnaire, they fill it out. At the end of the show, they open it up and they fill it out again. So this could be very exciting for us so that we can actually collect the data right away. Right. What do you think? Uh, well, I know, I know certainly we can launch polls. I know certainly we can archive those answers. Um, uh, let me see if we can, if there was a pre, pre-meeting poll that we can do here. And what's great is we're getting a free consult on the air with Chris Hartwell of Zoom. Thank you so much, Mr. Hartwell. You got it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm. And we will be lean, we will we will be leaning on you and your team a little bit this week to make sure that we do it flawlessly. Because what I'm envisioning is webinar, invitation, link must have a password, must register, and then we'll have the uh, participants uh, on zoom but we will stream it live for all of our community to see the the listening audience on atd will give it a listen and then you know the goal is is that ultimately every fifth and sixth grader in the country right dr united Joe? states that's right in the united states along with their parents and guardians have an opportunity to see this because it's that impactful and i have been saying for years that dr joe will be the reason that the opioid epidemic becomes no longer an epidemic and it's a managed uh, hiccup. And look at that, Zoom is gonna be the reason that we can get that going, which is- We just wanna stop the next opioid crisis. And the thing that I don't wanna stop, however, are our sponsors who are supporting us in this effort. So Chris, while you're doing your research, we will be right back after this commercial break. Ben, I hope you're ready to take it away. Many companies are being asked today by their consumers, how are you going to keep me safe? My team has been answering that same question for almost 25 years. Hi, I'm Mark Stiles of Stiles Law, where we specialize in solutions. We're asked virtually every day, how are you going to help me avoid court and costly lawsuits or financial devastation or catastrophic injury? And now, COVID-19. Well, we will meet you virtually on Zoom anytime, or you could swing by our outdoor office where you can meet with our lawyer of the day right here in Marshfield on State Road 139. Call 781-319-1900. 781-319-1900. The Styles Law Team Concierge is standing by to put you in touch with the appropriate team attorney. You can also find them on YouTube at Styles Law for free, valuable videos to help guide you. Remember, it's always best to be proactive so you aren't forced to be reactive. Mark Stiles can also be heard every Thursday night at 8 o'clock as he co-hosts The Dr. Joe Show on 95.9 WATD. And we're back 
with the Dr. Joe show after our, our intermission with our sponsor, our loan sponsor. But that was fun, wasn't it? That, I think that was the first time I actually heard it. It went live this week. It is great. So for those of you who don't know that dulcet tone, that wonderful voice was the Mark Styles, my co-host. I'm telling you, my oxytocin is through the roof on this. I am just really? smiling and laughing, and it was so cool. Nice, nice commercial. Yeah, and you can hear that on ATD. And part of the uh, advertising package that um, the team with Ed Perry and Candida Mamet offered to me was an interview every Friday. So Feel Good Friday at 9, 10 a.m. They'll be asking me uh, various questions every Friday at 9, 10 a.m., which is which is a lot of fun. And, and I got to say, I, I did a lot of research on ATD. I listened for a long time and I love the demographic. I love what they're doing. And it's the audience that I'm looking for. And I'm really excited to be, be a part of it. But you know what else I, I realized is what a beautiful app um, tune in radio is. Because for those that actually miss the organic feeling of terrestrial radio and they're you know, kind of sick of just listening to a play, a set list or listening to a podcast, but that, that feeling of nostalgia of that local radio, of that local weather, that tune in radio, you can, you can actually get that. Um, you get that feeling still being virtually, you know, cause I know a lot of people don't even have radios anymore. I mean, I, I get that, you know, to, to, to find ATD is challenging for some people, but tune in radio uh app you know for whatever it is it's like a spotify or what have you you know subscription model like zoom which i love i i love paying my zoom bill every month because it's been tremendous for uh for work and personal but um tune in radio you get that experience of the terrestrial radio and i love it i love the local flavor of it i love everything about it so i'm i am a proud sponsor of watd and soon to be a proud sponsor of the new uh, drive-in movie theater in Marshfield, by the way. Did yeah. You know? Oh, it's coming back? In Having another yeah. one? Because we used to have one here years ago. Yeah, so that, that, that they just got approval to do it at the fairgrounds starting Father's Day weekend, running all the way through October. Uh, three shows, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. How cool is that going to be? Oh, that, cool. that is so cool. I love drive-in. So this is just such a, a wonderful... Um, sort of juxtaposition and contrast because it was around radio that families first started to congregate, listening to different radio shows. My mother had a radio show, the Francis Schwann and the Spider's Web on WGBH. And it was one of those things that you would do with your family and you'd sit together and, and listen. Um, and I think, you know, Ed Perry has really continued that tradition uh, in, a, in a very real way. And now we have this other medium where not only can you gather around with your family and listen, but you can see each other or you can share in, in, in audiovisual material as well. And, you know, I, I do want to come back to this because it really has been a remarkable way that we have been able to stay connected during the days of Corona during the potential for social isolation that could really, really cause all sorts of difficulty with mental health and addiction. It's been a way for us to recognize that mental health issues are not something to be stigmatized, but these are real parts of who we are as human beings at different stages. And, you know, I don't think that we would be really 
recognizing what is happening in our world right now, if it were not to talk about the social media impact, um, on being able to see one of the most horrendous murders ever right there. And so that is part of what is galvanizing people is social media and the ability to see in real time some of the travesties that are happening in our world and people saying it's enough it's enough it is time for us to do something and i know chris you know we're not going to you know pull you into that discussion um you're welcome to be part of it of course and I, but i i i don't feel that that i personally can can do a show tonight without recognizing what is happening Mark, you're, you're muted. So I said, no, of course not. We, we must, uh, we must talk about this. And, and, you know, again, there's a lot of people that need to hear your reassuring explanations of the IM approach to help understand really what's going on out there and, and, and how we as fellow community members should be dealing with it with one another. So Let's go. It's um, it's a powerful thing that's happening, and and I and I just I want to to also just say right out front about how difficult it is as a Jewish white guy to talk about what's happening with some of my best friends in the world, people that I've known for fifty years, and how they are teaching me what it's like for them living every day like this. Um, and and I, I'm humbled by it and I, 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 I wanna know more, but that is what the I am is about. The I am is about trying to understand why we do what we do without judging it. And this is gonna be really hard right now. It's gonna be really hard to do this because part of our brain is so angry and so activated and this has been going on for a long time and it's just time for us to recognize what these protests are about what are we really doing here in our white privilege i'm sorry guys but we, we've got we've got to just call it like it is um so uh, honestly part of me feels really awkward not wrong in even saying that I have any answers. I don't have any answers. But what I do know is I want to listen. I want to listen and try my best to understand it, understand what's happening with people and what they've been living every day. It's just, um, it's, it's kind well, of. Well, you know, Rodney King happened many more have happened and the conversation started right the conversation started well the conversation obviously didn't continue long enough and the conversations being had now and i do believe and i'm very optimistic that we are getting to a point in the conversation where we're looking into the windshield and the rearview mirror is getting smaller and the rear the windshield is bigger and we're seeing ourselves along together as a community looking for but the conversation has to continue right 
in these other times that we've had situations where this has happened and the quote conversation was being had it didn't it was it didn't it wasn't long enough they didn't finish the conversation right so i think what's happening now is that that conversation people are hearing people are listening they're not ignoring they're not blowing it off they're not you're overreacting and they're listening now i mean we did that show on implicit bias right do you remember that yeah. i remember i remember um looking at some of the notes before before that uh and i had never heard of implicit bias i mean i had never even understood the concept of it because right we sit back i'm not prejudiced i'm not i don't prejudge anybody we're all everybody is individual and everybody is different and we shouldn't bunch them together as same or equal it's it's every individual should be really viewed in their own individual capacity but that implicit bias was kind of like uh okay who was our guest then do you remember Jonathan Kahn Jonathan Kahn who who I would love to have back on the show because he's actually moved and is now professor up in um it's it's prophetic and then to bring it back to zoom the, the the opportunity for global discussion on this has never ever been like this um i know you know i'm not going to drag you into a political discussion or anything like that. I wanted to thank you and all the people at Zoom for helping to create this because there was coronavirus and Zoom has helped keep people connected but now there's an even more profound connection that we can have with each other through this and it is in that connection that I hope we can find finally it's it's not even a solution it's it's an admission it's an admission that we were doing something whether we realized it or not that was just simply wrong and the i am is about that the i am is saying we're all doing the best we can opens it this is a, a global change as well but the hardest thing about the i am and this really is the toughest part about it you don't get to pick what's right what's wrong what's good what's bad it's without judgment it's just trying to understand and in that understanding we can make a small change that could have a big effect it's in that understanding that you control no one you influence everyone you get to choose the kind of influence you want to be but if you don't understand how the four domains may have influenced your choices you you don't have any knowledge and you're just going to repeat things how can you change something if you don't understand why it's happening so it's um it's well, the definition of ignorant right just not having the information to understand right we talked about this a little bit about the coronavirus right you you don't want to judge those that are treating it like the flu right when we first started talking about this oh it's just the flu you're overreacting 
right? You, you, you're not going to judge them for it because they don't have the proper information, the proper knowledge on the subject to opine there, you know, and, you know, if, if, if your home domain is delivering you bad information, then you're ignorant to the truth, the real information. And the best, best example for this situation is when, you know, you hear someone say all lives matter and that could, their heart could be in a thousand different places. Uh, it could be the, one of the first times that they're hearing the, the phrase black lives matter. It could be that they disagree with the organization and not the sentiment. Uh, and it could be that they're stubborn. They're obtuse and they don't want to see that like, Oh, or, well, what do you mean by that? When it's, you know what you mean? Uh, it could but be a thousand different things and you have to interpret it as it comes. And, and, but Dr. Joe, I mean, you bring up a good point. It's like, you're so concerned about what you're going to say right now, right? Yeah. Because you do not want to offend or say the wrong thing or say all lives matter or, you know, disrespect you know, black lives matter, whether you intend to or not, most likely you don't intend to, but you're also now couching what you say. You're questioning, you're overthinking what you're going to say. And is that what anybody wants? No. I mean, people want honesty and, and truth. And but Mark, what you're saying is the insight we need because right. what my friends are saying to me, my friends of a different heritage is this is what they live with every day. Mm -hmm. Am I going to say the right thing? What if I say the wrong thing? How will that hurt me? Who will hurt me? So, Mark, you're absolutely right. I am finally experiencing, I think, what my friends have experienced for decades. The worry, I'm going to say something wrong, which maybe, I mean, I don't mean to, and I don't mean to make this about me. Right. But I think what's happening to me is a deeper understanding of what my friends have been going through it, because this is what, in psychiatry, you know, this is what mirror neurons are about, right? Remember, we all, we all have the same brain. But now I'm able to resonate and reflect, what am I feeling here? Psychiatry is transference. You know, we have all these fancy names, but, but in essence, I think I'm beginning to understand the way I am worrying about what I'm saying is what my friends have been experiencing. And, and it's just, wow, you know, to be living. So what do you mean by that? Like, like, give us an example. Well, you know, I, I, we, we, uh, at Riverside Community Care, we've just hired a wonderful new woman, uh, to talk about uh, diversity. Um, and she was explaining to me that, you know, people will say to her, she's African American woman. Oh, oh, I, you know, what can we do to help? You know, we, and, and she said, I, I don't, I necessarily need that, that sort of empathy and compassion. That's, that's not what I'm asking for. Right. And yet I thought, but this person is saying something, maybe they mean it, maybe they're being dismissive, whatever it is, but they're saying something that's not right. 
from another person's perspective. Well, that brings in the IC domain, right? That's exactly right. It brings in the IC domain. How do I see myself? How do I think somebody else sees me? What are you thinking about me? What do you think about me? Right. And, you know, Chris, just to bring you back in for a minute, the reason Zoom has been so important to me these days is because people are remembering Zoom from 50 years ago. Um, you know, they, they, they come up and they, they sing the song, you know, we're going to Zoom, 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 Zoom. And, and that's why, you know, using the Zoom platform has been just so wonderfully compelling. It's bringing all these people back to what they were doing 50 years ago. And 50 years ago, we were dealing with the same stuff. But not in those hallways of GBH, where seven young kids, ages 8 to 13, from multiple cultures, were just hanging out together. We were listening. We knew that when Kenny went home, it was a different world for him because he was telling us about it. Tommy tells a story. Tommy's a white guy from, from Dorchester, was driving in a cab with Nancy, African-American. She's about eight years old. Kenny, African-American, who's about 12 years old. And the cab driver started going off on this racial tank, just just lambasting. And Tommy has never forgotten that. What do you do with that? It's been around for a long time. But now there is a true opportunity. And part of it has to do with social media. Because it's not in your face, man. Visible. You cannot get away from that. You cannot get that image out of that man being murdered in front of us. That cannot be tolerated. Similar to Emmett Till. That photo. I wanted everyone to see it. Yeah. So we have to talk about these things. The Dr. Joe show is not about politics. It's about humanity. And of course, we can mix these things. Uh, President Obama last night was saying, you don't need to exclude one or the other. You can talk about both. And we right. must talk about both. But I would like to put it in an I am world and try to understand this, to look again at why we do what we do. Again, look, respect why people do what they do. And this is the toughest part. How do you respect that policeman who killed someone in front of us? It's, it's not something that we can do. Respect has a different meaning. And yet I want to understand what is going on. And how do we now galvanize all of this so that there is real political change and there's police reform and there are other reforms and things to reform. I, I am honored to say that we have a chief of police in our town of Marshfield who is remarkable. What they posted on Facebook the other day 
is something that gives me chills because they're taking responsibility. They want to know, they say this was wrong. That is going to lead to reform. It has to come from the inside. It has to. And yet there are folks like us who want to do something more than just bear witness. And yet maybe that's what we can do. So I witnessed this and it revolts me. And I will revolt against anybody who does that again. I don't know. You know, you can see that, that I'm very passionate about this because, again, I, I have these friends of mine, Kenny, Nancy, Leon, Bernadette, people who I've known for half a century, who I love. And, and with I that kind them. of relationship, is it so hard to understand? Like, because I think that's one of the well-meaning barriers that's put up, like whether it's racial or civilian military is the idea that you'll never understand. Yeah. How hard, well, it's obviously you have a different outlook the way you're raised and the conditions you're grown up in. Like growing up in white suburbia, I didn't have to deal with like corrupt cops looking for reasons to play the beat down. But surely I can understand like people I love, you know, of other colors consuming, you know, different media documentaries. Fruitvale Station, if anyone's seen that, you get a better understanding at the end of that. And I think as long as you're making an effort, surely that's the understanding that counts. Yes? Yes, I, I think so. And then being willing to do something so that these injustices don't happen again. So what can we do? What can we as citizens do? I mean silently protests uh obviously we're not going to get involved in any you know non uh peaceful protesting but you know what can we do every day as citizens of our community to help push this conversation along and and like i said put it in you know you know you're never putting anything in the rear view mirror completely i mean the history books are there for a reason right they're there so we don't repeat the same wrongs. But we do. I know. But we repeat them over and over again. And, and this is where the I am is also important because we, we cannot ignore the biological domain. We have these deep, ancient, primitive parts of our brain that become very quickly tribal and very quickly worried that if you don't look like me, you are a danger, as opposed to saying, wait a second. We have skin, maybe a different color, but it's still skin. We have noses and mouths and eyes and hearts. And basically the human body is the same. Doesn't matter what color the skin is. But because it's a visual cue, say, wait, 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 wait. We don't have to. That's part of being a social animal, yes. But we have a prefrontal cortex as well that allows us to be a bit more thoughtful. What will happen next if we continue this now? 
we're all going to destroy each other. We've seen it before. We can't keep letting that happen, you know. So what can we do on a daily basis? We can, I think, always be reflective and not reflexive. Keep it frontal, don't go limbic. But what I want you to do is register to vote and vote. Vote for people that you believe in can make change for what you think. And that's part of what America is. We will always have different opinions. I can never fully understand what somebody else is thinking or feeling, ever. But I sure can talk with them, not to them, but with them. I can listen. I can grow as somebody teaches me. And that's why I think this insight that I feel awkward talking about these things is an insight, I think, into what my peers have been feeling for 50 years. I'm scared to say the wrong thing because someone will judge me. And then they could hurt me if they see me that I have less value. I'll be kicked out of my group and I will be alone and pray for some predator. So what can we do? We listen, we respect, we wonder, and we vote when we can. So Chris Hartwell, thank you so much for being on our show tonight. <laughs> you know, I really, really appreciate it. And again, thank you for that platform. Were it not for these platforms of social media, we would not have seen this. No. So everybody, remember, next week, tune into the Dr. Joe Show, Drug Story Theater. You're going to get to see and hear a performance. A live, live virtual performance. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait. Thanks, everyone. Thank Thanks, you, Chris. Thank you, guys. Good night, everyone. Zoom. Stretch the finest, brush the finest. Is it sadness or just a show?